welcome once again to This Week in MCU, the after show talking all things Marvel Cinematic Universe related. We are finally back with a brand new series, and with me, as always, is Sunraven. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, I'm awake. You're awake. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So it's early. <laughs> yeah, if it's early for for, for folks who, it's early who don't for realize, me. yeah, it's uh, Sen Raven is on the west coast of the United States. I'm on the east coast, so we got a three hour difference, and uh, yeah, it's fine for me. It's ten thirty in the morning. It's my own for me. damn fault because when <laughs> Kurt asked what time I want to do the show, I said, "Oh, let's do it at this time." I'm like, "What the hell was I thinking?" Yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, do we have any news from around the MCU? I I honestly haven't seen anything that like isn't widely known already um yeah i mean I'm i haven't seeing, seen anything much in rumors and, and things like that see i'm seeing crazy casting rumors um but it's from a it's from a group on youtube that i don't trust yeah because because they do those clickbaity headlines saying x-men confirmed in the mcu well well okay. <laughs> well but it sounds like you know they'll take it a step further and go in Doctor Strange. It's like, well, okay. And when you get into it, they talk about um, highly respected source they, says that this may be happening. And it just, it's, it, they, they, put, they portray it as fact when it's not. Right. And it drives me crazy. So, so I haven't heard anything uh, that noteworthy, except um, I will say Moon Knight, which is what we're here to discuss, uh, has been review bombed. Hey. And I'll I'll go into it because uh, what and it's about a specific uh, scene in the show in episode one. Okay. Um, and but I'll, I'll talk about it once we get to once we get there. But it. I love the internet. It allows us to do a lot of things that we that we were unable to do previously. But man, do people look for excuses to be upset and lash out? Um, uh, everything. Everything. Now, uh, do they have reason to here? Um, maybe a little. Maybe. Uh, but um, I'm not sure to this extent, but I don't know. Okay, so here we go. Um, Moon Knight. So just to give a little bit of a background on this, um, Moon Knight is, I'll say, a C-level character in Marvel yeah. Comics, right? Very niche people the people who liked him liked him a lot um i read his comics in the 80s and 90s and it was all meh for me i just it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea um that being said i really dig uh mythology stories and so the whole egyptian mythology behind him is very interesting to me it's just in the comics it wasn't as heavy on that end of things until later, but um, it, it's. Uh, it, it, I, I think that probably would have drawn me in a little bit more. Um, 
So to kind of talk about it a little bit, uh, Moon Knight was first in the comics, first appeared in ep- episode <laughs> issue 32 of uh, Werewolf by Night. Okay. And no Egyptian backstory on that. Whatsoever. Just showed up out of nowhere? Well, no. He was actually hired. Uh, so he was Mark Spector, a, a mercenary named Mark Spector um, with, you know, a lot of abilities, knows every martial arts known to man because it's all comics, right? So right. <laughs> he, he just like uh, special forces, blah, 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 like everything, everything you could you could look for in a mercenary. And he was hired by this group to kill Jack Russell, the werewolf by night. Okay. So uh, him and his partner Frenchie would, would go and do these mercenary things. But... Um, the group that hi- the group that hired him was called the committee, and they gave him the Moon Knight suit, which at okay. the time was filled with silver, because right, it was created just to kill the werewolf. That's that's really all it was. Um, so uh, they they called him Moon Knight in the epi- in the in the issue. Keep wanting to say episode in the issue. Um, but it was very, very werewolf killing focused on that. Mm. So, uh, so, th- so that's where we're at. And then later on, he uh, had became um, this this character that had a he he was near death and he was revived by the Egyptian god Khonshu and became the avatar of Khonshu and. Then even later on, ended up with disassociative disorder, so he had multiple person or multiple identities, and okay. so it, he became a much more complex character. So a much and, more interesting character, and a much more interesting character, honestly, yeah, because at best from his origin, he would have been Batman. Yeah, uh, really. I mean, at, at best, except without the detective skills. <laughs> right. So, um, so anyhow, okay. So let's jump into it. Oh, uh, before we do that, we'll do the. Uh, if you'd like to follow us and know when we go live and and you know keep up with the episodes, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash vo by Kurt or subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash this dash week dash in dash MCU or just search for this week in MCU in any podcatcher you have. Um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, send an email to thisweekinmcu at gmail.com. And if you would please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it uh, live here in the episode, like MXSandy12 did, who says simply, a must for Marvel fans, a freaking awesome show. And to Aww. that, and to that, we thank MX Sandy Twelve. Um, brand new, brand new Your check review. Check is in the mail. Your check is in the mail. Brand new review this week, so that was cool. Um, I don't know where I'm sending it because I don't know who this is or don't right. have their address, but it, I'll send a check to. Yeah, somebody. it'll be by way of uh, Apple gift card. <laughs> um, so, um, so here's uh, here's where we go. Episode one is entitled "The Goldfish Problem." Very bizarre title for this for the episode. I know why after watching the episode. Still a weird title for the episode, 
but no and weirder a weird goldfish and, and no weirder than the episode itself yeah <laughs> so um we open on music playing i believe it's bob dylan playing in the background and they show two hands on a table uh one arm has a scale tattoo you know like a, a scales of justice type type tattoo tattoo uh, but just the scales and the other nothing and there's a glass of water in the middle of this piece of cloth and dude drinks the water we don't see who it is yet dude drinks the water turns the glass upside down covers it with the cloth and smashes the glass i'm going okay some ceremonial thing whatever cool mazel tov mazel tov right exactly <laughs> um and then he proceeds to put all the glass into his shoes and put them put them on I do not want to walk a mile in that man's shoes. Yeah, okay. So he puts them on, and he stands up, and he walks out the door. He has a cane, walks out the door, and no acknowledgement of pain whatsoever. Like, not even a wince or anything like that where nobody can see. And he's walking out the door, and the Marvel and Logo animation starts. So... Because it's a king new series. Shame anybody, but <laughs> What's boy, that? that's problematic. I don't want to king shame somebody, <laughs> yeah. but that's a problematic one. Yeah. So, uh, because this is a new series, we always have to examine the Marvel logo animation, and I found three things. One of the clips that they show has changed to the many-armed Doctor Strange from What If. Uh, and it is from What If. It's the animated one. Okay. Um, they Well, it's actually four things I've noticed. Uh, they took Spider-Man out. Oh. Well, because of the agreement with Sony, because I did a little investigation on this, he's not allowed to be in, in, in live-action things that Sony hasn't approved of. Oh, okay. What? He can't be on the logo? He can't be on the logo. It, it's, oh, my it's God. That's bizarre. ridiculous. It's bizarre. Um the uh they've added the eternals into okay. into that montage of, of clips and they have a scene from black widow that includes florence Pugh as well oh nice which is nice yes exactly and while that is going on i think it's tom jones i it, i can't i i didn't look it up because I, I ran out of time but i couldn't remember if it was tom jones music playing or engelbert humperdinck but it's that era of of singer that's playing in the background for the opening of for the night? opening, yeah. So, we open up on a different guy waking up in bed, and this is and just for the sake of conversation, it's Oscar Isaac playing Stephen Grant, uh, waking up in bed, and he and I noticed in his room uh, by his bed he's got a a Rubik's cube that's fully solved, um. And and just uh, there's books and stuff all over the room, but he throws off his covers, and his foot is shackled to the post by the bed. Okay, this is weird. Let's go. Um, he removes it to begin his day, so he has control over it. He's not being kept captive. And there's a circle of sand around his bed. That one was the that I was like that is just weird, but exactly, yeah, I don't get that one. And so uh, I, yeah, at when, all. And again, I'm trying to see this through eyes of of someone who's, who doesn't know anything about the character. So I, 
I've immediately thought, well, maybe he's trying to see if he's sleepwalking or something. And prevent prevent that from happening. Okay, cool. Yeah, but why the sand? Uh, uh, because you can see footprints. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, that's fair. Or or or, uh, or or if it drags through, you know, I mean, there's a it's it's kind of a clever way because you can yeah. see disturbance pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, to touch back on the music, uh, yeah. a man without love uh, yep. by Engel Engelberg Humperdinck. Okay, it was Humperdinck. All right. Yep. Cool. Thank Hoppening. you. Hoppening, hoppening, hoppening. <laughs> okay. So uh, he walks to his door, and they, he's got that blue painter's tape over the door, uh, over the, the 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 edge of the door, so that if somebody opens it, the tape gets broken. Um. Okay. Cool. So he takes that off. Uh. No. He he uh, he doesn't take it off. He just sees it there, and then he calls his mom on his cell phone and doesn't get her, but he's just leaving her a message, blah, 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 all that. And he got his, got her postcard um, and puts it up next to the fish tank. And there he has a goldfish, and the goldfish has one fin, kind of like a Finding Which Nemo. Which is kind of weird. It is kind of kind of weird, but again, precedent um, was set with... Uh, um, <laughs> with, with Finding Nemo. You know, we know that that can happen. Right. Because Pixar said it could. So, um... <laughs> just keep swimming. Right. <laughs> um, so, he gets done talking to his mom, and he leaves his apartment. Gets on a bus, falls asleep on this dude that's just standing there. Um, so, wakes up, gets off the bus, and he walks towards his job, which is at the National Art Gallery. Now, I didn't realize this until much, much later. Well, I presumed, but I didn't get confirmation until much, much later, that this, that he's living in London. Yeah. So, uh, goes towards the National Art Gallery Museum, and they have an Egyptian event going on. Cool. And he sees this, my notes were, punk little girl uh, leaving trash in a model pyramid. And... And she's like, well, there's nothing in there. And he goes, well, hey, yeah, but look over over that sarcophagus. And he explains why, or he explains that they scoop out all the organs uh, except for the heart. And she through was the like, nose. yeah, through the nose. And he, she's going, why? Well, because they believed you needed your heart to be judged in the underworld so you can pass through the, the uh, field of reeds. And uh, so here's Easter egg number one. Next to the sarcophagus on the wall is a QR code. Oh, I totally missed it. At, is that the comic book one? Yes. Uh, okay. It's at the, the five, five, five minutes and five seconds um, uh, point uh, in, in, the, in the episode. And the QR code actually works. It's really hard to scan because you have to have a high enough resolution TV to be able to get your camera to read it properly because of the scan lines and everything. So, um, but that being said, we've done the work for you and I will put the URL in the show notes. Um, but the URL, it goes to marvel.com slash Moon Knight Comics, Moon Knight Comics, all one word. And it's a free viewable issue of Werewolf by Night, number 32, where Moon Knight makes his debut. Um, and they say they're going to be releasing more Moon Knight comics weekly 
at that URL. And that is very, very cool. And Sen, you are muted. So just to let oh, you know. Yeah, sorry. There you go. All right. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. That that's a nice little touch. Yeah, and some uh I would like to say that I noticed that first, but I did not. Somebody on Reddit noticed it and was able to get their camera to the point where they could actually scan it and sure enough, that's where it goes. So nice. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um so uh this kid is clearly being a bit snarky. But then Steven's co-worker, Donna, calls him over. Donna is a piece of work. Is the worst human ever. She kind of is. She kind of is. Um, I, I really want her to get um, attacked by some Egyptian monster. A werewolf. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I, like, I don't know how long he's been working here. But like on day three, I would be there at the HR office, going, "What the hell is wrong with this woman?" Yeah. So, so while he's he explain he's explaining this stuff to this little kid, right? Finding a little kid in a museum hard enough, and getting them a little interested in what's going on in the museum way more difficult. But he's yeah. he's doing this, and Donna separating them from from their group a little problematic. A little problematic, but Donna is basically. Uh, ticked off and she said and, and Stephen works in the gift shop for the museum he's not a tour guide and Donna's like you're doing it again you don't get paid to act as a tour guide uh, you gotta be over here in the gift shop and a friendly tour guide comes over to check on him and Stephen is bemoaning the fact that he has to sell like these gummy scorpions to kids he goes they didn't even have these back then all right, well, so, nerd. Um, <laughs> get over well, actually. it. But, but uh, so this, but this uh, friendly tour guide uh, is checking in on him, and she says, hey, are we still on for 7 o'clock tomorrow? For steaks. Yeah, and, and he doesn't, he's going, what? What? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, best steak in town, remember? And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. Um. He has no idea what she's talking about. Um, and turns out that Steven is a vegan. So, and Donna... Oh, so I put note, my note here is... Turns out Steven is a vegan. Donna is a jerk. <laughs> yes, but the, the problem I have with this is we're like, what? Ten minutes into the show at this point? Yeah. And this is the first time we heard of him being a vegan. Right. I don't, I don't buy it. He would have been telling people on the bus... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, at least this explains why he fell asleep on the bus. I mean, he's got no energy to do anything. Send your hate mail to Sen Raven. <laughs> Sen Raven. Uh, so, uh, Stephen is. Oh, Don is taking inventory in the back room, and Stephen is explaining that the banners and posters of the Ennead who are the kind of like the super group of Egyptian gods, the posters show seven gods instead of nine. I had intended on listing all nine that are supposed to be there. It's not that clear because there's kind of a hierarchy of Egyptian gods. And even when you look up the Ennead, um, 
Yeah, so there's supposed to be 10. <laughs> well, I I don't know, right? I mean, cuz there's and then you also have to take into account the Ennead as defined by Marvel. True. The the Ennead um uh, does mean the nine. Right. Okay. All right. Like it actually translates to as the nine, but every time I look for any images on it, it always comes up as like 10. Yeah. So, um I I didn't get a, get a chance to do a dive on it, so I'm not sure why. So um, Marvel did put together a kind of a deep dive on the Ennead. I can't read it because there's too much. I mean, there's, I mean, I can't okay. read it here because there's too much. But let's just say that, boy, oh boy, there's there's like relations to all kinds of things. Um, so as they tend to do in Marvel nowadays, they talk about gods as aliens more than anything else. Right. And so um, they they hail from the realm of Heliopolis, which is right in line with regular mythology. But um, I think they're treating that as a planet or a system. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like a parallel dimension type of maybe yeah and again it's really hard to to decipher all this right now but there's also well and the reason i was saying alien partially is because um there's ties to thor and yeah and and the avengers later but but um like one of the things they talk about is uh, in this section, the Ennead the are gods worshipped by the Egyptian people on Earth in, in northern in northern Africa. More often than not, Seth goes to war with his Egyptian deities and even the elder god Set, sealing his acolytes. Thunder god and Asgardian uh, Thor Odinson, a.k.a. Thor, comes to the aid of the Ennead on more than one occasion and sometimes with the help of the Avengers and defeats the wayward god. The Ennead joined the Council of the Godheads when the space beings, the Celestials, and others uh, threaten Earth. And Osiris is often the Ennead's representative, but Horus will occasionally act as his proxy. So there's yeah. there's definitely some some ties there. Um, Bast, the Panther God, is is related to Wakanda, Wakanda, and all of that. So uh, there's there's a lot of ties. Obviously, Kanshu is is related in there as well. Um, what I think that they've been doing with I don't know if you've if you've read any of the kind of <laughs> historical comics um, where they say things like "There's always been a Ghost Rider and there's always been a Phoenix and there's always been a Fire or a Star Brand." You know, things like that. He's always been the god of moon. And yeah, always, yeah. And he's always had his night. Right, exactly. That kind of thing. So, Well, that that was a, that was the whole thing. They're in a parallel dimension and he can't cross over, which is why Moon Knight is his avatar. Right, right. So, um, so they, and, and again, you can read all this in, on Marvel. Uh, they were in, in their teams and groups section. Uh, but there's like, they they talk about Odin freeing Osiris, Isis, and Horus, um, and they, then they imbued Odin with the Atom for or Atom or Atom Force, 
um, it, it's uh, it's it, there's yeah. a whole giant. There, there's backstory. a lot. There, there's a there's lot. a lot, and and I don't think that they're probably going to go into that in this series because we've only got six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I highly doubt it. So, um, all right. So back to this. Uh, I can't remember her name, um, but she's checking to see if uh, they're still on for for their uh, date. And uh, Steven's like, I don't know who you are or what you're talking about, but um, okay, sure. whatever, sure. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, so he is, uh, he's, oh, he, so he, we flip over to the end of the day and Steven is leaving the museum, says goodnight to JB, the security guard who calls him Scotty. And immediately I'm going, now this is where my, my Moon Knight knowledge comes in. I go, is that another identity that I'm not aware of? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Um, and so we see Steven outside eating like either shawarma or burrito or something. Um, some, some fast food thing that he picked up. Outside of one of those guys painted in gold doing the living statue thing. And he kind of looks like... Uh, Robert oh, was in Atlantis. Was in I can't think. I can't think of his name. Uh, but but uh, the actor's name. But oh, he played well. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, boy, I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, never mind. Anyhow, because it's not important. Uh, so he's 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 basically telling his woes to this living statue who doesn't acknowledge him at all, and. Um, Talks about and it's, this is all backstory for us. Talks about how he's he's having a hard time with with sleeping. He talks about the date that he made that he doesn't remember. Says thank you and he'll see him tomorrow. That kind of thing. And we flip back to and he leaves him a, like a he leaves him whatever he's eating. He has oh pralines. I think he said he left him pralines. Yeah, so, drop, drops one into the, into the uh, into the hut. Yeah. So we flip back to Steven's apartment where he's adding more sand to cover the footprint that he left earlier getting out of bed. Uh, adds more painter's tape to the door, locks the door, fastens the ankle restraint, and we hear him listening to a podcast calling called Staying Awake, which it sounds like he's trying to stay awake as long as possible. Um, right. So clearly on some level he knows something's going on. Right, so they we we hear that staying awake podcast. He's playing with a mixed up Rubik's cube, and immediately I went, "That was solved earlier today." But he, you know, mixing up a Rubik's cube isn't that hard. <laughs> it's way it's way easier than solving it. So, so he's playing with it. Um, he gets up, he starts reading from a giant stack of books, and he's reading about the Ennead, and you see some screenshots and whatnot. Nothing unusual. I, I did some freeze frame on that. Nothing unusual. And so we, we're basically watching a stay awake montage. And then we flip to Steven waking up in a field of grass. And his jaw is completely screwed up. It looks like it's dislocated. <laughs> right. um, and he gets up and he stretches his jaw and kind of gets it back into place. I'm not exactly sure how that happens, but whatever. Um, and a voice from nowhere says, go back to sleep, worm. 
surrender the body to Mark. And you're going, uh, okay. Uh, whatever. Um, he goes, oh, the idiot's in control. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, we know who this is because we know a little bit more about the series. But somebody watching new is probably just like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> I don't really understand. But so Steven stands up and he, he feels something in his pocket. He pulls it out and it's a golden scarab with some hieroglyphics on it. Okay. And he, you see someone standing behind him that looks like he's dressed in rags. And Steven turns around. Nobody there, but he's facing this tall building. And this guy's popping out of the window. And he waves to the guy. The guy waves back. And another guy pops out with a gun. I'm like, what are you doing? Shoot him. Yeah. And so they start shooting at him. And he runs. They chase. And they're shooting. And he runs towards the village that he saw down the hill. Cool. And he's running around the village, but he sees guys with guns and stuff. And so he's hiding and he's, he jumps into this group of people that are gathering in the town square. And Glassfoot guy, because we don't, we don't get his name yet, um, <clears throat> who is played by Ethan Hawke. And so his name is Arthur Harrow, um, goes towards the square and clearly he's revered by the townsfolk. Uh, just, you know, they're bowing to him and, and he goes through. It's not a cult. It's no, definitely not it's a cult. To, it's totally not a cult. Yeah. It's a cult. It's a cult. It's not a cult. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the town square and he's talking to folks and apparently he's judging people's souls in the name of Amit, another Egyptian god. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, or goddess. Actually. Goddess, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he has this scale tattoo, which we saw at the beginning. And this dude says, yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. Because he says, who's first? This dude goes up and he has his cane and he bounces his cane between the hands or the arms of whoever he's judging. And it swings back and forth. And the scale tattoo also animates on his arm. And if it turns green, uh, Arthur says, this is the face of a good man. And the guy's cool. He goes. Uh, this old lady steps up to be judged. And the scale does the same exact thing, except the scale turns red. And she goes, oh, well, I've been a good person. And he goes, well, but it could be something you haven't done yet. And, and Great. And I love Minority Report. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, Amit has decided and her life force is drained and she's killed. It's a little harsh. It's a little harsh, uh, but okay. And then he gets a report from one of the gunmen saying we can't find him. You know, we've been chasing him. And he says something in e Egyptian, but it definitely has the word Amit in it. And everybody kneels, except for Steven, because he doesn't know he's supposed to. Oh, bugger. And he kneels a little later. <laughs> he goes, you. <laughs> um, he goes, I know you. And he calls him mercenary. Right. Okay. And again, Steven's still very confused by all of this. Um, 
And Arthur says, okay, hey, all I need you to do is return the scarab. And Stephen says, yeah, no problem. He pulls out the scarab. And the voice that we heard from before says, you'll give him nothing. And Stephen goes to hand it to him. And he has his hand wrapped around the scarab. And he can't un unwrap his, his fist. He can't t unwrap his fingers. So he's trying to peel his fingers back. And flips it to the other hand. And his hand goes behind him. So his body's not, he's not in control of his body. Um, it's actually a wonderful scene to watch Oscar Isaac and believe that his body is not in his control. It was really well done. It was really well done. So the thugs grab Steven and drag him away. And this shopkeeper comes out and pries the scarab out of his hand. And Steven's eyes roll back into the back of his head and the screen starts flashing and Stephen is now standing in the middle of the street. His hand with the scarab is all bloody and his fists are up as if, as if he's been fighting. And you hear the voice say, the idiot's back. <laughs> and it's a, it's a great split between the two. It, it, yeah, it works really well, and you just kind of like the the jump cuts are, like, what the hell just happened? I want to see the fight. Yeah, there's <laughs> that too, right? And, and who knows? Maybe episode two we see the other side, the other More half. More likely, because because we know um, they they do stuff like that. Yeah, I think I just watched. Uh, oh, there was some TV series. I think it was This Is Us. It's a guilty pleasure show, but like the last three episodes have been the exact same show but from three different perspectives. Different angles. That's yeah. kind of cool. Um, so, so you zoom out a little bit, and there's multiple people lying on the ground all around Stephen. And Arthur and his followers are coming up the street, and Stephen tries to run. He's getting blocked at every entrance, and he jumps into a cupcake delivery van. And, Not my cupcake truck! Yep, and takes off. And... <laughs> They're using music all throughout all throughout the show, but uh, "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" from, <laughs> from Wham is playing uh, in the kind van. Of appropriate for multiple personalities. Yeah, you think you think there, that was a that was a, a, a just a, a real choice there. <laughs> so, I, like it. I, I, I and had I known, it, it'd be nice to have like a little pool about what other sleep related songs are they gonna. <laughs> They're gonna oh play throughout this, so, um, or or something having to do with split personalities or whatever. I mean, there's, there's probably some obvious songs, but, um, so Stevens driving the delivery van, and he's and there's a car chase. Obviously, dude from Arthur's group jumps from uh, his car to the van, opens up the back of the van, gets in. He's trying to make his way up to the driver's seat, gets up there and. You get the the flicker thing that they do. Um, it's almost like uh, an interrupted television signal, right? <laughs> uh, kind of kind of thing that happens. Oh, it's Mephisto. And uh, you the the view flickers, and then the man in the van is dead, and the voice is saying, "Wake up, Mark." And there's and and Steven's freaking out because he doesn't know what hey, just he's happened. He's got a gun. And he's got a gun. He's got a gun in his hand, right? And two cars, there are two cars left. They try to sandwich the the truck between them, and the view flickers again. 
And next thing you know, Stephen wakes up and he's driving backwards on this winding highway, uh, winding mountain road. And Stephen has the gun and he throws it at one of the pursuing cars. And the voice just goes, did he just throw the gun? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And we, I mean, we know that it's uh, uh, the God. Yeah, Conchu. Yep. (laughs) We know it's Conchu. I just like that the God is like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Right, right. And he calls Stephen a parasite. <laughs> and uh, this lone car finally gets around the van. Uh, two thugs get out and aim guns at Stephen. And a bunch of logs fall off the mountain and kill them. I still don't know how that happened. I'm trying to figure out. I think that was from earlier. There was like Oh, because the log truck? Yeah, it's from the log truck. So they just oh, okay. came around the mountain, and the logs just came down. Yeah, the I guess I right guess we weren't thinking about that because we don't know how much time has passed with all these yeah, blackouts. It, we have it's no idea. Really quick. <laughs> um, the other thing, as a side note, I'm not sure when this takes place. Yeah, we don't have a time frame on this. Um, and we'll and and the reason I'm even more confused will come up in a little while. But um, so. The, the, so the dudes get killed by by a bunch of logs. Uh, Stephen screams and wakes up in his bed in London. Okay. His ankle tether is still in place. We hear the Engelbert Humperdinck song again. The tape on the door is in place. He checks in with his goldfish like he did the day before. His goldfish now has two fins. Yeah, that's not weird. He looks at it and he's going, what? And then he brings the fish to the pet shop just to see, does, can this happen or whatever? It's it's a little weird. I, I, I'm i not sure I would have brought the fish to the pet shop. I would have probably just called them. <laughs> but uh, but he but it's for a story point. Uh, they He calls just to find out what's going on. And the shop owner is like, like I said yesterday... And and he doesn't he doesn't let the shop owner finish, but that like I said yesterday was for our benefit. Clearly, he went to the pet shop the day before. Yep. But he notices he also notices that when he's at the pet shop, it's five o'clock in the evening, and he's like, "What? I just woke up. It can't be five o'clock." Okay, and he goes five o'clock. Oh, I got to get ready for my date because remember he's supposed to have that date at the steakhouse. We flip to the outdoor seating uh, at that restaurant where he's been waiting, and he's been waiting, and he uses his cell to call the tour guide, whose name is Dylan, by the way. He calls Dylan, and she's very annoyed, and she answers, and he says, hey, I'm at the restaurant, steak time, and she goes, I ate steak all by myself two days ago, and he goes, what? It but it's Friday. We had a date. And she's going, no, it's Sunday. And he's very confused. He asks the waiter what day it is. The waiter's like, Sunday. And he's going, you know what? I'll order a steak. <laughs> and remember, he's a vegan. <laughs> so he orders the steak. What kind of steak? The yeah, best type, yeah, the best yeah, kind. Give me the best, the, the best kind. You know, and the waiter says, "Okay, center cut fillet." I'm going, "All right, well, at least the waiter, you know, chose a good cut. Great." Yeah. How would you like that? And he goes, "Oh, good, good, oh, good, 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 very good." good. Um, <laughs> and 
the waiter says, I'll put you down for well for well done. And I'm like And you ruined it. I'm going, no. <laughs> First of all, it's gonna take half an hour. You're gonna be here forever. Uh, and the waiter just so I couldn't tell if the waiter was actually just being a jerk or I think everybody's in this show is gonna be a jerk. Yeah. So we so he gets done, we flip to him walking home, and we don't see him eat the the steak. He probably didn't. I don't know. Um, we see him walking home. He tosses the flowers in the trash. He had candy for her as well. And he's talking on the cell to his mom again. And I also think that it's still voicemail. Yeah, that one was a little weird because you couldn't tell exactly if he's leaving a voicemail or he's actually talking. But I think it was a voicemail. I think it was a voicemail. And here, here's what I think is going on. And I, this is this is my first big speculation. I think mom's dead. Uh, and yeah. I think mom's dead because of something Mark did. Okay. And, and Steven doesn't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that I think the two calls to mom tell me that we're probably going to find out a little bit more. I can certainly see that happening. Yeah. So um, so he he arrives home. Clearly, he's dejected. He's eating the chocolates he brought for the date. And then he accidentally drops a couple of on the floor. And he looks on the floor, and there's some scratches on the floor that he hadn't recognized. And then he traces them, and there's a rug on the floor. But under the rug, there's more scratches, as if the table that's right there had been moved. Okay, cool. And he notices that a wooden slat is out of place up above. So he moves the table, gets up on the table, and takes a look at that wooden slat. And sure enough, it's a hiding place. It's a stash. It's a stash. And so inside is a phone with a charger and a keychain that has a U symbol logo thing on it. We don't know anything about that yet. Um, he opens the phone. The phone is a Motorola Razor from like yeah, that's the, old. like 2005, 6, 7 in there. Probably, yeah. probably six or seven. So, so this is why I'm. I I'm, had one. I I didn't, but I worked on them. <laughs> but <laughs> but here's why I I don't know when this takes place. They've not been overt about it. There haven't been um, any pictures of newspapers where you could zoom in and figure it out. Right. They don't talk like about the blip. The, uh, even the museum doesn't have like a date for the. For the Egyptian showcase or anything like that, it's just you know nothing. And the only music that we've heard is from decades before this could have taken place. You know the yep. Bo- the Bob Dylan and the Engelbert Humperdinck music. So oh, and the and the 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 Wham music and Wham. Even. Well, I mean that's what late eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah, mid 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 to late. Well, mid eighties anyway. Um, and so even that, I mean. That's still 15 years prior. So we're still trying to figure out when this all... And and they don't mention any other thing in the Marvel Universe. No reference to the blip. Nothing, you know, nothing there. So So anyhow, uh, he's looking at the phone and he's scrolling through the phone and seeing that there's like 50 plus missed calls. And uh, most of them are from Layla. Uh, we don't know who Layla is yet, uh, and one and there's one missed call from Duchamp, 
And we don't know who he is yet. However, we do. Duchamp is who I referred to earlier when we were talking about the comic, who in the comic was referred to as Frenchy. Um, okay. And that's uh, Jean-Paul Duchamp. And Jean-Paul Duchamp. Or, or not Jean-Paul, I'm sorry, Jacques. Uh, Jacques Duchamp uh, is a fellow mercenary who was in Daredevil Season 2. Oh. Uh, oh, I don't remember him from the show. One episode. Uh, really? Yep. Called The Man in the Box, and I believe he was fighting Electra. Huh. I don't remember him at all. Yeah. So, um, and I think it was season two. Might have been season three, but let me verify here. Uh, second season. Yeah, 10th episode, second season. And uh, it was... Uh, they're, they're still talking about the hand. You know, it's def- it was definitely hand-focused. Uh, Mahoney is delivering patients to Claire. Um, Nobu is involved. Uh, it's a Punisher episode of season two. So there's a lot going on. But, um, but yeah, Jacques Duchamp was in uh, the episode. Electra is in a private airplane hangar. And she orders a drink at the bar where she's met by Jacques Duchamp. Hmm. Okay. Um, and he had been sent to kill her. Well, sure. He's a merc. Right. So, uh, so anyhow, it's... Uh, so, and in, in Daredevil, it was played by the, the, the um, actor was... I always screw this up because it, it's, it's an odd name. Gil Marini, G I L L E S, Gil's Marini. Um, it would be such a little stupid little Easter egg if they had him. And if playing. they actually had him come in for the yes. same character, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Because there's no reason not to use him unless they found somebody else that they like better. But but there's no reason not to use him. Um, so anyhow, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I knew because I knew Duchamp was from Moon Knight, his 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 sidekick, basically. Right. But but I didn't realize I had forgotten that he was actually in Daredevil. That's so, a nice little touch. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Layla calls while he's looking through the phone, and he answers. He said he's like, yeah, and. She goes, oh my God, you're alive. I've been texting you for months. And he's asking, and, and he's talking to her, and she goes, what's up with your accent? Because Stephen is British. You know, he's, mm-hmm. got, he's got a British accent. And she goes, what's wrong with you, Mark? And he's like, why did you call me Mark? And she hangs up. And so he tries to dial the phone. I don't know if he's calling her or or what because they don't show you anything but he's dialing manually and then all of a sudden you hear a phone uh, you hear you hear a voice that says Steven and he turns around he's, he goes Steven okay uh, and clearly an American accent 
And and well, it's clearly his voice. Well, it's American clearly his, his voice. Right? So he he <clears throat> he's it, it kind of feels a little horror movie ish. So he goes yeah. he goes down the hall and to the bathroom, opens the door to his bathroom, and he just sees the mirror. And in the mirror, his reflection is shaking his head at him, like like shaking his head no, at him. Steven turns on the light. Uh, that reflection goes away. It's just his reflection again. And then the lights in the apartment flicker and books start flying off the shelves and Steven freaks out and he's running out of the apartment and runs to the elevator and the elevator, he's trying to get to the ground floor. The elevator stops on the third floor and then he, and, and there, you know, nobody's there, but then it, he closes the door. He's hitting the ground floor button to get it to go and it stops on another floor. The floor itself is dark and you see Khonshu in the distance, full body. Um, and, and they haven't named him yet in the series, but we know, we know it's Khonshu. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it basically looks like a creepy plague doctor all in white. And the plague doctor's mask is kind of decrepit because it's a skull. (laughs) But, um, so Khonshu marches towards the elevator, puts a hand in the door, and when the lights stop flickering, it ends up being an old lady. And she gets in, the doors close, and they end up back on the fifth floor, which <laughs> I don't understand because Stephen had hit the ground floor button first. I, I don't know. So Stephen's wondering what's going on, going on, and he turns around, and Conchu's there, and uh, it's it's. Uh, it's so he, much weirdness. It's so well. So here's another thing. He, so he he turns around, Conchu's there, and then we flip back, and Stephen is screaming on a bus. Like he wakes up again, he's screaming on a bus. And okay, so so I, I, I want to talk about the flips later on, but uh, so he looks out the window and he sees Conchu standing on the sidewalk until they pass a light pole and then he disappears. Um, he gets off the bus looks back at the bus and sees Arthur Harrow in the bus staring at him from inside the bus. So Steven goes back to the museum because apparently he's going to work or something. I don't know. And Donna, because she's a jerk, is giving him a hard time. And Steven is trying to... Well, he goes to the the security security guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, there's somebody following me. Don't let them in. He's like, it's a museum. We let everybody in. Right. <laughs> JB, the security guy, was going to be no help. <laughs> yeah, not even a little bit. Right. So Donna's like going, uh, hey, don't forget, you still got inventory tonight. Because she's a jerk. But Steven sees one of the guys from the bus. It wasn't Arthur, but he sees one of the guys from the bus and he follows him. And... He goes into the Egyptian exhibit and kind of disappears. And Stephen turns around and Arthur is there. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and Stephen says, uh, okay, whatever. And he calls on the security guard who's over on the side. And the security guard just steps forward, shows his his scale tattoo and says, praise Amit. It's like, oh boy. All right, here Great. we go. So, uh, yeah, so... Arthur is kind of talking with Steven and telling him about Amit and, and everything. Cause there's, there's a, 
uh, hieroglyphic picture of of Amit on you know in the in the exhibit because it's an Egyptian exhibit, um, and he's talking about look b- back in the day Amit would have prevented the horrors of things like Hitler and the Armenian genocide and Pol Pot and 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 you know all kinds of things. Yeah, but would she? Would she really? Well, so and this is the point where I talk about. The review bombing. Oh. A bunch of people review bomb this because they say the Armenian genocide was fake. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's literally all it is. That's and the, uh, the when the Armenian genocide occurred was 1915-1916 over 100 years ago. And there's still well because what happens is during the Ottoman Empire they ejected um, Armenians the, the the and again I wasn't around but the report that I what the report what I've read is they uh, killed a bunch of Armenians and deported a bunch of Armenians uh, and and the number is anywhere from six hundred fifty thousand. To uh, to one million people were killed or deported from Turkey, and that apparently, and I was unaware of this, is still a major sore spot for folks even in power in Turkey. Um, huh. Okay. And certainly, I, I, I'm not familiar with. I it. I wasn't either, and but certainly um, a sore spot for Armenians. I would expect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So. Uh, so that is the source of the review bomb, calling uh, <laughs> calling Moon Knight another propaganda piece. No oh God, come it, on! This is the only time they reference it. Like it's it's a one line throwaway line, right? To just give an example, right? And so if if people want to get all up in arms about it, how about this? How about this? I got a good excuse for you. How about in the MCU? There was a genocide. How about that? That's not real life. That's the MCU. How about in MCU, it, it has been determined that there was an Armenian genocide. Welcome to the multiverse, folks. Welcome to the multiverse. Exactly. So stop it. Um, all right. So, and it's a TV show, a fictional right. TV show. <laughs> so if they are lying, let's say they're lying. It's fiction. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, I got a little annoyed at the internet because <laughs> of because of that. Um, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Harrow basically says, look, she would have prevented all these all these bad things from happening. Um, it, you know, the other thing is, this is another reason why I'm not sure about the timeline. Because she he could have said she could have prevented... The horrors of Hitler, Pol Pot, Thanos. Uh, she could have just thrown that in there. So it okay. So this this connects to we just had a comment from Raj in the chat. Uh, it it is apparently after the blip. One shot in the trailer, Moon Knight stands in front of a bus advertising GRC, the Global Reparation Council. Oh, I missed that. So, okay. So this puts it right after the right blip. on the same timeline as uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. 
as they're doing the GRC thing. So, okay, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. You know what? Um, and I did read about the GRC reference, and and thank you, Raj, for catching that because I forgot. I, I the other forgot thing is they're they're I think they're actively just not connecting this to the rest of the MCU, at I, least not yet. So I've I've read that and heard that as well. I think that's a red herring. And I, I, I hope so. I think I well, but here's the thing. What that means to me is that they're not planning on giving us a guest star of a known character. Yeah. They're, well, and we don't need it. Oscar Isaac can, right. can carry a show. But what they we so, don't need somebody to come in, come in and punch it up. But they've been give, they've been throwing a couple of swerves here. They've been throwing things like Oscar Isaac isn't under contract to do any more Moon Knight. He's not under the three up or the three season or three film deal like everybody else. No, he's not. But he didn't say that he would never do it again. He didn't say that. I, I think they're probably taking it. One season at a time and right. see how it goes. Right. And well, and, and so the question is, are they going to fold him into the rest of the MCU? And the answer has to be a resounding yes. They're going to. Uh, and and uh, the, if they, like, I, I truly believe if they were not going to, if they had no intentions, um, we would have a different Marvel logo to open the show, for example. Yeah. Um, I, but, but I also think that um, that you know they it is a bit of a test thing, but all this really means is they're they're developing Marvel characters who they've not dealt with before, and they'll fold them in. They'll fold them in when it's time, but it's not time yet. I mean, Moon Knight has ties to the Avengers. He has ties to um, a bunch of different groups. Um, and and the whole the whole mysticism thing and and as guardians with the gods and like there's all kinds of ties that that are there already, um, and I think that uh, you know frankly, you know there's the fact that he's a, a well known mercenary that you know you can you can tie that into oh I don't know Agent Thirteen and 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 deal with that whole thing. He might be a scroll. Who knows? We don't. We just don't. We don't know anything. So that'd be great. Yeah. So um, okay. So enough of my my rant on that end of things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Harrow is talking, and as he's talking, he um, Stephen asked if if, if Harrow's going to kill him, and. The museum lights flicker, and Harrow, Harrow says, I'm trying to help you, not kill you. And he, you know, while they're talking, he he takes Stephen's arms, doesn't grab him like like an attack. He just takes his arms and does the judgy thing with the with the cane and with the scales on his arm. Except the scales don't stop rocking like they do with everybody else. He goes, there's chaos in you. And he lets him go. And we just, like, he lets him go, lets him go. We, we just, we go, Steven is back in the gift shop. And it's not a, not a, not a flip or a flash or he, whatever. No, he, he let him go, but there was a door that opened from, uh, from the side. So he, uh, he ran into the door and, uh, the guy goes, just let him, let him leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying though, is he, he, he didn't yeah. chase him. He didn't pursue it. He just let him go. Um, so he's not sure about him. Right. 
so Steven is back in the gift shop doing inventory because Don is a jerk. Um, and he finishes his inventory for the day and he goes to leave and he hears a dog howling or squealing in the back of the museum. And I will say, when I first heard the dog, I'm going, there is no way they're doing werewolf by night in this thing. No, but I, I didn't think that cause I didn't, I didn't know the connection to werewolf right. by night. And I went, I know this. Well, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Uh, he walks by a reflection of himself, uh, in a display case and the reflection kind of lags behind. And then as he keeps walking, the reflection stops and is like his hearing things are looking around. You go, okay, weird, but whatever. They're still searching and we see two glowing eyes. And I will tell you that, uh, so <laughs> this is what kind of a nerd I am. Not only am I freeze-framing whenever I can, but I'm also putting on closed captioning in case they have something in there that I miss, and descriptive audio. So they describe the scene as it's unfolded, as it's unfolding for for uh, people who are blind. So, and they refer to this thing as a jackal. Oh, okay. So it is Anubis. Uh, yeah, but it's clearly not literally a jackal. No, right? it's, it's a <laughs> hellhound. it's humanoid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically a hellhound, right? Um, I, I, although it did actually bring up that there's... It, bring, it brought up to my mind that there's a Marvel character called the Jackal. But it's, it's, no, it's not this. Fair. It's not this. It's not this. So, um, so we see uh, the big shadow of something, which is the, the Jackal thing. And Arthur says to give him the scarab and this glowy beast jackal thing uh is kind of chasing him we don't know where this jackal came from really uh might be arthur because we don't see him at the same time i don't think so and arthur harrow in the comics was a minor minor character might have been in like one episode or yeah one, he, one he issue. showed up he showed up for one issue yeah and and it was not a big deal but so Steven runs into this bathroom, which happens to have mirrors everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, and uh, he, he, he hears in his American accent the reflection and sees the reflection saying, you need to give me control. It's the only way. And the reflection is clearly Oscar Isaac uh, acting as Mark at this point. We don't know yet, but his last name is Spectre, Mark Spectre. But... Um, the reflection, so so, because the jackal's pounding on the bathroom door and the door is denting, right? So Mark's saying, well, you got to give me control. It's the only way we can get out of this. And as Steven says, okay, fine, you see the lights flicker and you see hieroglyphics appearing like on the wall, glowing and, and, and whatnot. Steven relinquishes control. They do a quick uh, jump cut. And we see the jackal heading into the bathroom. The camera pans around and we see full-on Moon Knight, you know, outfit and everything beating the crap out of the jackal. Uh, and cut to black and credits. So, uh, it's... So, so I... So... 
I've heard speculation. No, it's not speculation. It's more of a potential theory that it this all could be a dream or not reality. Okay. And given the way that things have been flipping back and forth, you know, and I think we're supposed to, as viewers, kind of question whether or not anything is happening for real, right? We're not sure what's real, what's not. I think, I think we know right now, but I think they're trying to get us to question that. Right. Like, is the Arthur Harrow stuff real? I don't know. Probably. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it was a weird bonkers episode. Um, there was nothing specific that I saw in the credits. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing in particular. There was, man, and this is, this is one of those places where I read a headline that said Atlantis in Moon Knight. Episode one's <laughs> episode one's bizarre Namor tease explained. There, uh, okay, can you guess? Just guess. What Not that, even a little. Yeah. So, uh, what? I can't. Even, this is what annoys me. Um, it literally was. Remember when he, when he was running for the bus because he was late for the bus. Yeah, yeah. There's a store called Atlantis that's in the background oh. behind the bus. Really? That's it. Okay. That's literally it. The Atlantis bookshop. Okay, that's definitely a stretch. Well, and the re their reasoning for jumping to that is that there is an Atlantis bookshop in London, but they changed the signage for the show. Sure. Now, I don't know if you've done this, but I have. I've tracked down real locations in Marvel episodes, and they change everything in the street. All the signage has changed with the, with the potential difference of the street signs themselves. But all the storefronts get changed. Why? Because they probably don't want to pay them. Yeah. So you don't want to give them money for it. I think it's a huge red herring. I don't think there's anything to reference that at all. Uh, agreed. I mean, and, and honestly, and I didn't even read it, but like the, there's another headline here that says, Doctor Strange 2, how Professor X makes Namor's early MCU d debut possible. Eh. I, I, there's why why would you jump to those conclusions uh, it's just like the biggest the biggest leap for namor that we've had is the reference to the underwater place in black panther right you know the um <laughs> there's an earthquake underwater yeah and they said something to the effect of yeah we're going to leave them alone. Uh, the the line right? was, how are we going to deal with it uh, oh. by leaving it alone? That's how we deal yeah. with it. It's underwater. <laughs> right, right. So, and I, uh, look, I hope uh, I hope we get a name where I think that'd be awesome. But let things happen. It's okay. I'm not sure if he's confirmed for uh, for Black Panther 2 or not. 
don't think. He, but uh, I think that's the prevailing rumor. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if he, I would be not surprised if he doesn't show up in Black Panther two either. Wouldn't no, that's fair. It wouldn't surprise me. But but okay. I mean, do I want him? Yes, yes. I want him in this universe. But sheesh. So um, <laughs> so that that pretty much is the episode. Overall, what did you think about it? I thought it was a little crazy. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, question. Do we see... Because well, we get a couple of clear shots of the, the scales that were on him, on uh, Arthur's arm. Yep. When, when it judges the woman, it glows red on one side. Did... Did, I'm gonna have to pull up images of it. When when he, when he judged the man before the old lady, it went green. Right, but like the size that are holding the scale, the uh, the plates. Yep. Do we see any iconization on yes. there or anything? Yeah. So okay. the so the the tops of the, the the scales, the bars that hold the 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 trays for the scale are right. are are uh, either alligator or crocodile heads. Okay, so that's appropriate. Yes, because it's Amit. Right. Yeah, uh, no. Well, uh, I thought Amit almost, had the head of a crocodile, the uh, the bo- the torso of a lion, and the body of a hippo, or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Uh, Sebek was the um, the crocodile god. A mit, which is also it's a mit or a moot, either one, uh, was yeah a funeral deity, the head of a crocodile. So, uh, yeah, yeah. For, so that that's what I wanted to get to, because um, she's not the one that that did the judging. Because uh, Arthur's like you know a, a mit would just you know he's doing the judging for a mit, but a mit was not the one that did the judging. In uh, Egyptian mythology, Anubis is the one that does the judging. He's the one that weighs weighs your heart against a feather. And then if you were found unworthy, Amid devoured your soul. Yeah, I think they're playing around with that a little bit. They're definitely bypassing the Anubis part completely. They're just like, Amid is now just doing this. Right, right. And it it goes with the whole thing of, you know, if she could have done it, she would have, you know, she would have saved all these tragedies, whatever. Right. And his cane, um, his cane uh, has the crocodile heads for the cross section right. up top. So two crocodile so, heads facing the other directions. That that works decently enough. Uh, Raj did point out that when uh, Arthur does the scales on uh, uh, on Spencer or you know on Mark or whatever we want to call him, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> on Stephen, yes, on yeah. Stephen. We don't see the result. Right. They we don't see away. the finish. We, we don't see. We don't see what the scales show. I so I just the, presume that they never stopped because yeah, they that, lingered. That's my guess as well. Yeah, because they lingered long enough that it didn't match up with how it stopped on the other ones. Yeah, and he definitely had a look on his face of like n- not confusion, but kind of you know he was definitely worried. It's like, well, this hasn't happened before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, the other thing was. Uh, the Golden Man statue. Yes, I had I had to look it up. The character—it's an actual character in the comics. Uh, the Golden Man statue is Crawley. You're right. It is. Yep. 
and and Crawley is best buds with another um another version of Moon Knight, which is uh I'm I totally lost the name. It's the other one, Jake. Uh yes. The cab uh, driver. Um I I had it and I lost it. Jake Lockley, Jake Yes, that that's that's it. Okay. So, so so you know, it's a little little seed for hopefully for later. Well, and you know what's funny, you mentioned that he is credited in the in the in the credits for the show. Yeah. As Crawley. And and I, I, I just spaced it. Uh, yeah, so and uh, yeah, uh, Jake Jake Lockley. Yeah. Jake oh Jake yeah, okay, Jake Lockley, yeah. So um, there's another persona for Moon Knight that they might jump onto. Yeah, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah, he reminded. Oh, you know who? So he reminded me of. I, I was saying Atlantis. You know, Stargate Atlantis. Um, he's he also reminds me of. Did you ever watch um, Once Upon a Time? Of yes, the, the dude who plays uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, he does look like him. Yeah, yeah, he does look a little bit like I, him. I thought his name was Robert something. Not, I just can't remember. It's not him, but it, no, it's he not. Definitely looks like him. Yeah. So he also played John Lennon in in. Uh, that uh, yesterday movie. Oh, nice! Uh, that was the 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 Rumpelstiltskin guy, not this guy. Uh, right. So, um, so yeah. Um, I don't know where this show's going. All over the place. All Multiple over the place. Personalities. Um, I don't. I I've actually Marvel flooded YouTube with just like little Moon Knight clips, and. I I didn't watch hardly any of them because I want to kind of see where this goes. But I have no idea where this is going to go. Like, <laughs> I, I literally don't... I don't know... I still don't know what the point is. Like, Arthur wants the scarab. Cool. Why? Like, I don't understand any of it yet. Like, we don't. We just don't know. And right. Okay, so do you think we're gonna get Jake Lockley? I don't know. I mean, this does give us the option of him, right? Which is kind of cool. Because that was the other question I had even before the sh show started. Was like, are we gonna get the three main uh, identities? We've seen screenshots of Mister Knight. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's. See, I, I, I think that Moon Knight is generally Mark Specker, a Specter, right? Yeah. Is Mister Knight also Mark Specter, or is that another personality? Because I they might. I just don't they know. might go with the Lockie for it, or whatever. Yeah. Was name. So uh, it's it's just bizarre, but again. I don't know what the pro what the I don't know what the whole thing is yet. I don't know wh where we're going. Um, other than he wants a scarab back. Cool, great. <laughs> For what? <laughs> so, um, but yes, bonkers show. Uh, I hope that it doesn't do this flip stuff all the time. Because I think that might get really annoying. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, just, I don't know that I want to be told a story that way the entire time. I think it would wear on people too much. Right. And again, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think we're going to see... I, I It would not surprise me if we see... I hope it's not next episode, but uh, an episode where it's from Mark Spector's point of view. Pretty good. I think Stephen Grant is going to be our main guy. I think they've set him up for that. But I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Other than that, anything else for you? No, I think uh, we cover a lot of it. Um, yeah, first episode always yeah. seems to be a little longer. Because there's a lot more to go over, but yeah, um, and and again, a, a lesser known character. So, um, all right, and with that, Sen, where can people find you? You can find me every morning on uh, Twitch.tv/senraven for some gameplay, Marvel Strike Force mostly, a couple other games here and there for other times, and uh, just come hang out. Cool, and I can be found everywhere at Vo by Kurt on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> TikTok. Uh, Follow me and you'll get whatever I produce. And uh, otherwise, we will see you back here next week. Uh, if you want to watch us live, go to twitch.tv slash VO by Kurt at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Time on Twitch TV. So with that, we will see you next time. Bye, buddy.